Hello, and welcome to the Open Innovation Podcast. We host an open call twice a month where we talk to innovators, inventors, and entrepreneurs in the healthcare industry about what they're working on. This podcast is the best of those conversations. Join in and listen to the future of healthcare. I'm Jacqueline Summers, and I'm very happy to have you here. Our entrepreneur is Yanni Twomi, who is with a, a startup called I Am Aware, which is an at-home diagnostic program, and they have a variety of different health tests that people can subscribe to and, and get at their home. And then now, over the last couple of months, he's actually added COVID-19 services to his startup. So. Um, I'm going to just quickly turn this over to uh, Yanni. Of course. Uh, well, thanks for having me and pleasure meeting everybody. My name is Yanni. Um, and as mentioned, I'm one of the co-founders of a company called um, uh, Microdrop. And our platform is called I'm Aware. And so with that, I wanted to spend very little time talking about slides and actually just get to kind of that Q&A style approach, because uh, I think one of the things about being an entrepreneur is is enabling dialogue to allow others to learn from experiences. And so there's so many experiences I have that, you know, you just can't put on slides or kind of the war stories of spinning up a product. So uh, I want to make sure everybody gets all their questions answered. Um, so what is I'm Aware? It is, um, in essence, a platform that we've spun up that connects patients, labs, and doctors to enable remote and home-based screening and monitoring of conditions. Um, why this is important and, you know, kind of why it was something I felt like I wanted to do was probably like everybody. Um, I had some family history with uh, family members that got ill and didn't know it and then kind of really had to have this disease progress without their knowledge. And it was only when it became kind of really late in the game that they went to the hospital and then became diagnosed with something. And so... Um, long story short, we tried to figure out why, you know, my brother was ill and we looked in his internet history and he had uh, been searching for home testing. Um, this was back in 2010. And so I just wondered out loud, you know, to our doctors even uh, who were helping my brother at the time, why can't you test for things like this at home? And, and we heard all the different reasons, you know, science isn't there, uh, we can't do that, you can't play doctor at home, a lot of different reasons. Um, a company named Theranos, kind of just the next year even, really became big and we heard a lot about this Theranos testing device that with one drop of blood could help people diagnose a ton of different conditions. I think they were claiming a thousand different conditions could be assessed from just one drop of blood. And um, that became obviously a little bit of science fiction and was debunked. Um, and so where the story got really interesting was the doctor who debunked that um, platform was actually the medical advisor for the soon to become I'm Aware platform. And so when we started speaking about how to take a small volume blood testing platform and bring that to the public, the natural answer was to go and sell this to a lab testing company who could then sell it to hospitals, who could then have doctors order these types of tests. But um, with my background in product and, and consumer experience and building digital platforms, I just asked the simple question, why couldn't we just give this to patients directly? I told the doctors my personal story and my family, and they're like, that's crazy. Why don't we do that? And that was sort of how the idea came to be. 
So, you know, kind of lesson number one was as an entrepreneur, if you don't ask the crazy question, you may not get into the very crazy startup that you could spin up, right? So I, I want to make sure everyone ha feels, you know, emboldened, empowered to ask those questions of why, right? Uh, because if we hadn't of, you know, Microdrop wouldn't exist, I'm aware platform wouldn't exist, and some big lab company out there might be selling these tests to doctors and maybe nothing will have changed, right? So why, why it's important to frame it that way, because that's what I'm aware is about. We're at a start of a healthcare movement and we're enabling people and actually doctors themselves to set up management of care from home with home-based remote screening and monitoring using small volume blood tests, as well as telemedicine physician oversight and home-based nurses and phlebotomists who can come and actually deliver that type of healthcare to you. Part of spinning up such a scientific and medical type of platform is of course that uh, you need to make sure you've got of course all the science you know really dotted up and so we recruited a large number of independent medical advisors and scientific researchers and peer-reviewed journal authors to really critique our platform and really make sure that at the end of the day what we were building was scientifically uh, capable of doing what we said it could do and medically capable of actually delivering real value to patients and, and doctors and so this was actually the first thing we did before we even built um, our product was to enable a bunch of doctors who may have had differing opinions at the time and get their stance on what we were about to build. So this was kind of like the next big learning after asking the questions about why is we didn't want to overinvest in spending millions of dollars on something if truly the medical community wouldn't embrace it. So we assembled this you know, army of, uh, of advisors who unanimously said that absolutely the future of this type of proactive screening has to initiate at home, but at the same time, don't try to disrupt the doctor and enable self-diagnosis. So those two sentences became absolutely our guiding principles for how we would operate, you know, and this was years ago when we were just spinning up the concept. So the, the takeaway that I wanted to share from that slide here is that, um, you definitely want to adopt the lean mindset and before you invest in building something, make sure there's some type of buyer and community and support on the backside of that product. So we knew if we had medical community support, even from, you know, just such a small number of doctors that inevitably we would win over more and more doctors as time went on. And so when it came to kind of defining our product, right, we, we talked about the why we wanted to do it. We talked now about, how we're going to make it successful working alongside the medical community, but we needed to go and understand what the problem is with current testing. Um, and so we spent a lot of time being a patient, talking with doctors, interviewing other patients, and really kind of came down to, again, these three core tenets of our, of our testing platform, is that it certainly needed to be easy and accessible and affordable um, because Healthcare is very expensive for those, especially if they don't have insurance. So we really wanted to target an aggressive stance of offering tests at $99. So that was one of our, our learnings is that if we're going to make this truly uh, have large reach and make an impact, we had to, to take 90% off the cost of a cash pay test. So uh, currently, if you go to a hospital system and you order the types of tests we offer and you don't have insurance, you can pay upwards of $800 to $1,800 for that type of test. And a lot of these tests are ones that have to be run yearly, like looking at your cardiovascular health or if you have autoimmune conditions, 
determining if you're actually getting worse, if your symptoms are worsening, if you're inevitably getting sicker, right? So $1,800 a year for a simple test that can be run in a couple minutes seems a little outrageous. Um, and so we wanted to hit that price point, but we also wanted it to be faster. So if anyone's ever gone to the doctor and then gone home and fasted and then gone back to the lab and waited for hours and then gone home and then waited for the doctor and then <laughs> not hear from the doctor because everything's okay and then call the doctor and wait for the call back, I could go on and on, but basically in on average, it takes somebody 28 days from the time they think about doing you know, that annual checkup or that test to getting a result. And in some conditions like celiac disease, it takes up to five years for somebody to say, hey, I've got some symptom and by the time they get diagnosed. So we wanted to, again, disrupt that time frame and say that we're gonna get you results within five days. Um, and so that was really the crux of, we wanted to create something where the patient experience was number one. Um, because at the end of the day, Yes, we're entrepreneurs, but I think at the end of the day, we're also actually just patients. We need and demand good healthcare ourselves. So this is a product we wanted to actually use ourselves and have our family members use. Um, moving into kind of the second tenant of this is all of this would not be feasible if we didn't have good science. So as you saw previously, we wanted to make sure that we could hit on marks like it was just as good as an existing lab test. It offers much more clinical utility and something you can share with your doctor uh, compared to a lot, bunch of other tests out there. It had to be supported by the medical community and we needed to make sure that we were not just offering tests that um, you know helped you out in some very basic way, but could actually answer questions like, am I gonna have a heart attack? Will I get rheumatoid arthritis? And so we needed to push the needle in, in biomarker development because um, at the end of the day, if you understand that you're going to develop a condition that's much more powerful than knowing if your liver enzyme is performing optimally. Uh, so we needed to make sure these things could actually provide real insights instead of just numbers on a chart. And if anyone's actually looked at a lab test, you'll look at it and you see a bunch of numbers and less than signs and greater than signs and most people don't know what those mean. So we needed to make sure we could deliver a statement like you do not appear to have celiac disease. And then um, at the end of the day, um, we wanted to make sure that we could connect patients back to their physicians faster, with more education, with uh, an ability to level the playing field in this, in the dynamic between patient and doctor. Uh, one of the first blogs I wrote was about uh, the doctor is your friend. And most people just go to their doctor, they listen to them for that five minute window, and then go home and kind of forget about it. Or said another way, the doctor is one of those few services where you almost try to avoid them. You're paying for them, whether it's through taxes or insurance or wage deductions, but you actively try to avoid them. Almost like using insurance, you get an accident, you avoid using insurance. So we wanted to empower people with more information about their health so they could have a better dialogue with their doctor, which means they'd actually take their health care more seriously. And ultimately the driver for this, connecting back to my family history story was, if we could catch people sooner, and get them screened sooner and diagnosed sooner, we could probably help them avoid even getting to the hospital in the first place with, with a very serious type of outcome. So once we had this story and the medical community that you saw on the previous slide and the why answered, now we felt like it was time to go and actually form a real product vision roadmap 
and get some investment dollars. So we went and pitched and alongside the, uh, the, the doctor who helped debunk Theranos, we successfully pitched for venture capital and achieved that startup funding, the proof of concept funding, the market validation funding, and you know here we are today. I think it's important to note that uh, we did this um, all while working alongside the medical community and some of the biggest doubters of this product. So it was good to have people who weren't just saying, yeah, you should do this, but you know, people who are also saying there's a lot of reasons why this won't work. So having those people kind of close to you was effective because it helped us really actually make sure this system was ready for what it was about to do. So uh, as people can go on our website and see, we offer tests from celiac disease, rheumatoid arthritis, cardiovascular disease. We are looking at prediabetes and haptoglobin genotyping. We really have a lot of tests that center around kind of cardiometabolic health. Uh, for most people who probably don't know this, 50% um, of heart attacks occur in people who have normal cholesterol. So that means 50% of people are getting the wrong answer on their heart health. Is it, um, if it's not cholesterol related, it could be genetic, it could be inflammation, it could be oxidation, it could be related to your diabetes. And so there's tests out there that most people don't know and even primary care physicians don't order that help those other 50% of people get answers. So I'm aware spent a lot of time just taking these lab tests that are highly and you know, well-defined, well-documented, lots of peer review, and miniaturizing them down to home healthcare. But um, despite all our best efforts to put a plan in place for 2020, nobody could have seen COVID-19 coming. And so when we started seeing that the numbers were looking pretty aggressive in terms of uh, what was happening in Asia and, and how many people were getting infected and the, just the, the growth of it, we put our plan for 2020 on pause and felt that we needed to do something in this space. We had telemedicine physicians, we had healthcare professionals, we had small volume and home-based testing, and we had all this platform and digital and capabilities. So we set out to provide um, home-based testing for high-risk individuals, elderly people, people with pre-existing conditions, you know, like heart disease, the ones we test for quite often. And we knew that if they went out and got infected, they might actually have a higher risk of mortality. So we set out on this path um, in February to create uh, a home-based platform extension of ours to allow these people to be tested. And so we took all these different puzzle pieces that we built into our platform and organized it in a way that allowed people to come online take a self-assessment quiz that followed the CDC protocol. And um, if they were truly high risk, that they had symptoms and exposure and, and existing conditions, um, we would prompt them the ability to buy this test from us, which would then get reimbursed from insurance. Um, we very quickly you know, started selling tests in Houston where we're headquartered out of. And the city of Houston even partnered up with us very quickly because there were a lot of people calling 911 who were unable to get to the public testing locations and drive-through locations. And, um, and we've been servicing kind of Houston and then very recently, um, we're now servicing all of Texas. We partnered up with a company out of Austin, another great startup story uh, called RigUp. And they really are a leader in kind of the energy space holistically with, uh, you know, they work with the biggest companies out there, Exxon and, and Enbridge and others to provide workforce and, and digital management so 
just like our kind of Houston people who were elderly and disabled and un unable to get access to public testing, you know, people who are out in rigs and oil fields, solar fields, construction sites, you know, in, in these really far and remote areas, um, were also not able to get access. And ironically, because of their close nature of their work, they were pretty high at risk if somebody went onto a rig after a two week on two week off work period, that that entire rig could get, um, you know, kind of infected and, and a lot of people could get sick. So in partnering up with RigUp and why I'm excited to speak to everybody, you know, kind of from the Alaska setting is using a remote and home-based screening platform to reach people where normal healthcare may not reach them was exactly how I'm aware it could help. And so um, in the past couple of weeks, we've been testing hundreds of people across the state of Texas uh, for this type of, uh, you know, early identifiable condition using our PCR swab testing. And so if anyone hasn't actually had the joy of taking the uh, nasal, pharyng nasal pharyngeal swab, uh, it looks like an elongated Q-tip and it goes pretty deep into your nose uh, and it has to be delivered by a healthcare professional who's trained to do that. So, um, so we're pretty proud about being able to spin that up and get people uh, tested and get people quarantined and help others not get ill. And so part of, um, you know, working with them and providing a um, six-step approach to kind of COVID management is that um, we built our platform to help everybody. And so whether it's taking online self-assessments in step one to kind of bucket people's risk into low, medium, or high, um, or using telemedicine consults to talk to those people who are medium and high to understand exactly what their symptoms and exposure might have been, to deploying in step three our rapid swab testing to those that are truly you know, requiring of testing. Um, we have proposed this sort of holistic COVID-19 management approach. Um, and I think you know, one of the questions I'll have for everybody on how could you potentially help in any one of those steps? Because um, there's not just one silver bullet, you know, not just one company that can work in this way, but a lot of different parties are coming together to work together. So it's, you know, it's not just the Amware platform doing this in Texas. We're doing it with RigUp. We're working with telemedicine physicians. We're deploying other types of technologies and we're working with lab companies. So it's actually about how we all come together to, to solve this. Um, and as an entrepreneur, I've never seen the amount of innovation that's happening through collaboration as I have in the last two months. The pace of, of people coming together, openly sharing solutions and ideas and just driving solutions is, uh, is pretty incredible. So it gives you real hope about um, you know, what happens after we can all continue working together. And kind of lastly, um, I want to spend just a minute or two here about antibody testing. I think you're probably um, reading a lot on media that antibody testing is, um, you know, doesn't work. Um, there's a lot of questions. You're hearing the who um, say that it's not good. And then the next day it is good. You're hearing from New York that they've developed an antibody test. Um, so there's a lot of kind of what I'll say just noise and, and lack of clarity around what it means to be an antibody test. So I think the first thing that's worth um, kind of recognizing is that there's two types of tests out there and they're generally classified as point of care, uh, which means think of your pregnancy test, the kind of thing where you get a little plastic type of device and you can get an answer at that you know, area or that point of care. And so those give you answers in five or 10 minutes. And then of course there's the existing lab developed tests 
that's where you take a sample and then it mails back to the lab. Most people are used to obviously going to their physician's office or even our most of our IMWARE tests are lab tests that get performed and processed at a high quality lab. So antibody testing that you're hearing about in the news is being associated with point of care antibody testing. When you hear, oh, this thing came from Asia or you can't trust it or there's you know all kinds of things flooding the market, those are those pregnancy style tests and they are flooding the market. There's hundreds of thousands of them being imported every day. Um, we've done tests across five different brands. The best one we've seen has about an eight out of 10 hit rate for positive. The worst ones are, are below five out of 10. And it's unfortunate because they all kind of look the same. They look like this plasticky kind of one and a half by three inch white, you know, kind of strip test with three little red lines. Um, and, and then some, you know, company name on the back that is indistinguishable to us um, because we may not be familiar with those companies. And so point of care antibody testing certainly needs a little more work, a little more rigor. And I'm glad the FDA is kind of stopping those companies from, you know, just getting carte blanche to test everybody. But on the flip side, the lab-based tests um, that are being processed in US-based CLIA certified labs are using absolutely great processes, just like the existing tests that you might have got from your doctor or from I'm aware, um, high quality reagents and assays and reproducibility, which means if you test today and you test tomorrow, you'll keep getting the same results. And so um, <clears throat> we see the world where right now this pharynge uh, nasal pharyngeal swab is a great way. Uh, if you follow my kind of finger here, I'm going to look at that blue curve. Um, you can see it's the it's the actual condition. It's your it's your um, your your COVID virus. So in day zero to five and up to day seven, you've got a test there where you can test for that virus um, with that nasal swab, like I mentioned. But around day seven, your body's uh, immune response starts to become measurable with with an IgM um, antibody. And then at around day fourteen or so when your body's immune response to try and you know, basically keep you healthy and maintain your health responds, you get this IgG that's measurable. And so you can see that um, as your own body's immunity starts to fight this, the blue curve drops, right? Your body's winning, the, the, um, the virus is starting to basically um, die off for lack of a better word and decline and you're starting to recover. And so your IgM then actually starts to decrease. And then you have this point in time where your red crosses over. And what we start to see then is that, you know, kind of that day 18, that's where you know and you hear people like, hey, I got a quarantine for 14 days. That's a point in time. And, and again, the science is still being validated and the data is being assessed, you know, exactly when these day periods are. But that, that's why you want people to quarantine at least that 14 day period because you can see that in some people um, that response can remain for up to 28 days. Um, this is again, I would say an average curve. There certainly is um, exposure that plays a role in here. So you hear about some doctors who are unfortunately dying because they treat so many patients. I think the best analogy to speak about here quickly is that it's like inhaling cigarette smoke periodically versus running into a burning house and inhaling the smoke in there. So the amount of exposure plays a role into this as well as your general health and wellness and pre-existing conditions. So it's a complex um, 
set of variables that you're measuring for, but our hope is that this antibody test is really going to help people to understand a couple things. Um, if they have recovered or if they haven't, and if they've developed immunity to it or haven't, and you can measure these markers to basically inform somebody if they're healthy to go back to work, if they should remain in quarantine, or if they uh, continue to have that virus and aren't developing immunity, uh, that you actually might want to go see a doctor because you might have some existing condition or an autoimmune condition that might actually be hampering your own ability to recover. So I think this type of uh, testing where we look at these types of markers is we're at the starting point of, of this type of information collection. So I suspect that, you know, once COVID kind of hopefully becomes a standard, you know, we know how to deal with it like the flu, um, you're going to start to see these types of uh, virus tests be performed potentially annually to see, you know, if you have this one or is it um, one of the other viruses out there. So there's actually tests coming out in the fall that will look at 18 different respiratory viruses and we'll be able to now, you know, in the future, not just say, do you have or do not have COVID-19, but do you potentially have one of the other respiratory virus conditions. So I'm pretty excited for where, again, small volume blood testing and, and also the, uh, the nasal swapping technology is going in terms of its ability to detect, diagnose, and then help, um, you know, people identify if they've recovered. Thank and you so, so much. Yeah. yeah, so I'll just end with, I'm aware the, the cool part is um, we've helped a lot of people. Uh, we've got tons of five-star reviews online. We are a patient experience company. We've helped literally people who haven't had answers to their health for years get answers. And, and so it makes it very easy to uh, wake up every morning and help people. So I'll stop there. And now, you know, how can I help everyone here on the call get answers? And, you know, how do we work together? Can you maybe tell us, Yanni, what we as Alaskans can possibly do? Uh, this is something that we would like to see here in our state. So what can we do to work with you? Yeah, so we're working with state governments in, uh, for example, uh, we're looking to get into not just obviously Texas where we're, we're doing a lot, but uh, Colorado, North Dakota, a lot of states where, you know, the population is, is spread out, um, you know, and have maybe access to very little healthcare in their small communities and have to drive a lot. And so a lot of those states specifically are, are saying, hey, how do we deploy this? So, you know, the best thing to say is we're ready to deploy this type of testing. And remember that once we get a, a grasp on COVID, there's going to be all those existing primary care concerns we have to look at, like prediabetes and heart disease and, and many other health conditions. So I think the idea is to invest in home-based and remote screening and monitoring, not just to tackle COVID, but to think about it as a lifestyle and to start building healthcare systems that support that and to allow physicians to order and drop ship these types of kits directly to their patients and then interact and then interact with telemedicine and you know virtual conferencing phone calls and video calls like this to actually make sure those patients are healthy and they don't even have to leave their home i imagine up north um i grew up in a small town too often you'd have to jump in a plane and go somewhere you know to a city center to get what should be a routine type of test so i think we can save the flight save the dollars and uh, you know, let people be in the comfort of their home for a majority of these types of tests. This doesn't work for everything, and it's not a silver bullet, and it certainly doesn't replace you know, surgery or, or that type of specialist advice for people who are maybe needing it, but for a lot of people who generally are healthy, I think we can help keep them healthy. 
That is, thank you so very much. That uh, the prevention piece of this is really important. And also, thank you for reminding us that the other healthcare concerns have not gone away. Um, we're just very focused on COVID right now. And I think that you have answers for all of those things. So thank you. And thank you for your time today. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like more information on today's topic or would like to participate in the Open Innovation Calls or this podcast, visit our website at www.healthtie.org. The Open Innovation Podcast is presented by HealthTie. HealthTie provides an open platform for entrepreneurs to share their ideas and helps build relationships for funding, pilot project, and potential customers. Nothing in this podcast should be considered medical, legal, or investment advice.